All right, podcasting time. Glenn Power is here from PowerWorks Garage, which means we are talking. That sounded tor- terrible, didn't it? Well, <laughs> I mean, Glenn Power is here from PowerWorks Garage, yes. which means we're talking cars. And, you know, I'm going to leave that first part in anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you, have to, you have to pay for the premium service to have that edited out. Yes, exactly. Pay for the premium. <laughs> No shortage of things to speak about. We were we were talking just before we clicked the play button here, the record button, about the the VW ID fours. There's yeah. someone's got one right around the corner from my house. Nice and looking car. It's beautiful yeah. looking. It's got a little bit of red accenting on it. I was uh, suitably impressed. He's got it plugged into some big box. <laughs> I don't know. I was I was looking to see if it's a VW branded. It's not, but you know, I it's it's very nice looking. Very yeah. very slick. Yeah, they're, um, you see more and more, There's a, I saw an ID cross on the road, and I'm sure this will be the first place we'll see an ID buzz when the, when the buzz is done. Can't wait. Why is, the, <laughs> why is the price of these things so high, though? I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. It's premium. They're like the, the launch of the ID buzz, and I think they were talking about them being around 70,000. What? Yeah, yeah. 70,000? Yeah. They're obviously not going after the same people they were going after when they... This yeah. is supposed to be based on the transporter, on the original camper van. Yeah, no, that no. That was clearly not the... No. You know. These, these are not giveaway prices. These are aspirational prices. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not really happy with it, but they'll sell, and they'll sell out, and there'll be waiting lists, yeah. and there'll be absolutely no doubt that it'll be a massive seller for them, the, yeah. the bus one, but... <laughs> They should they they should definitely consider retrofitting electrification to yeah. the current transport model. Though. I think that they probably won't do that though, because then they wouldn't sell the new one. I guess. Yeah. Mm. Uh, interesting one. Right off the bat, let's talk oil changes. And you you know that I'm 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 fairly fairly good at getting my oils changed. You know, what usually you, before it needs to be done. But so I I had the yellow Jeep and I couldn't. It, no, no sticker. I don't know what happened to the sticker. Can't remember when the last time I had the oil change. So I took it in, just you know, went around the corner, went into the guy, and you know, put it up on the the pit. The guy starts taking out, and, and I I'm, I'm pretty hands on. So when they say go sit in the air conditioning, I always get nervous. It's like, yeah, I'll hang out with you. Don't yeah, worry. No chance. Yeah, it's like, it's like, I'll pass you this funnel. <laughs> Literally, I was. And uh, he crawls underneath, and he's taking a look, and he goes, "Come and take a look at this." And it's like, oh no. And he goes, "There's, there's a." Uh, some silicon around your your drain bowl. I'm going, who? I mean, I usually hang out with these guys. When yeah. did someone have the opportunity to put yeah. some silicon around the drain? I mean, I'm literally going, I, he's going, it might have a leak. And I'm going, I, I don't think it does. So anyway, he does all the work and, and I'm taking a look at the, the drainage bolt. And I, I notice, and this actually, I want to talk to you about this because I notice there is a little bit of a washer in there. Yeah. Do they sell bags of those things? Because I, I so want to. when you do an oil service, you should change the washer yeah. and invariably the plug. Right. So the, 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 the drain plug is usually of a softer material than yeah. the sump so that the plug will wear out. Right. It's easier to replace a plug. Okay. So you change the oil, you should change the plug and the washer. So if you go. To a petrol station, they don't, they don't do necessarily do that, and they put them back in. And then yeah. sometimes when they know they should, but they can't. So, for example, a Wrangler might be one of the ones that they might, if they're going to keep some in, they'll keep in because yeah. they're quite a common vehicle. But when they know they should and they can't, they'll sometimes just put silicon there and fix it. Yeah. Now, we get them in where there's literally no plug left right, to the naked eye. 
because they've completely built an extra extension <laughs> like a conservatory <laughs> on a house out of silicon over the plug. And it's just a bubble. So You can press it because there's oil in it. Yeah. So we took, you know, I, I said, oh, this isn't good. So we, we got it off, took it all off, took the thing out. The plug still looks good. It does need a washer. I mean, it has yeah, a washer yeah. there. And I just wondered, can I buy a bag of those somewhere? Like, where do yeah, I get? Yeah, I need yeah. to get a bag of those washers. You know, the hardware, building material yeah. shops. I mean, you've got the big branded ones, but avoid those. Okay. But they have the right little size that... Yeah, just a, if you can get if you can get aluminium crush washers, uh-huh. so the ones that are sort of like donuts, yeah, yeah. they're great because then you can okay. really squash those yeah, down. Yeah. Um, so I need to get a copper, ideally. Right? Yeah, I, I think it's a copper one on there. I need to get yeah. a bag of these and just have yeah. them sitting around. So I got to get the right size that I need to go hunt down off you and just put them in the glove box. Yeah, but and, and probably just need to get a new, you know, a new whatever engine new engine no this <laughs> engine's running pretty good so we we took this thing off you, you know did the oil change you know looking at it you know the filter's coming out i'm under there taking a look at this he's doing the filter too making sure it, it's legit i'm looking at the box nothing <laughs> i would know the box looks legit but and he you know does does the whole thing puts it all back in and uh, then i'm nervous right because why was there silicon around it like, he's going doesn't seem to be leaking i so i'm thinking wherever whoever did this when i wasn't looking because they obviously didn't have a silicon gun there where mm. I, you know, this is like an Emirat station, right? Just be a tube and just put yeah. it on your finger. I mean, so, so the guy probably did that. Just we're going to make sure there's no leaks. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, nice, but don't do that. But okay. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah. These, like I say, we see it quite often. Yeah. I mean, it could, it, I think if it isn't leaking and wasn't leaking, then it's probably just one of those just in case. Just, and that's what I thought. It's just not in case. as bad as when people put, um, Teflon tape, PTFE tape. Oh, well, that's the thing. Then I see a roll of that Teflon tape down there, and I'm going, don't put that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do that's it. a real problem when people do that. Yeah, don't do that. And he didn't, but clearly someone there does. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I like to be underneath. We get oil pickups all the time that are blocked with strands of it. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, it's obviously very thin. Yeah. It twists, and you, especially when your hands are dirty and sweaty. Yeah. And you can't quite get it smooth and then it tears yeah, and shreds yeah. and rips and then it just blocks the oil pickup yeah. inside so you wear you wear that yeah so it was nice getting the oil changed though Phil. and it and uh you know the, the telltale signs that maybe your oil I, I would turn it on and it and you know enough oil in there wasn't but it, it, it was just had a little bit of a, a knock right at the very start you know there's just it's like oh something's not right here mm. and i think the oil was just old and, and that's actually the thing i don't think the mileage wasn't an issue it was old oil yeah and, and so I was I was trying to do the math in my head. I was saying, okay, I've had it in for you guys to look at, but I don't think you did an oil change because it didn't need it. And then I was thinking, but when did I have it in for you guys to look at? I'm going, I, I think I need to bring my car in for a service because the mileage isn't up for a service. But the time. But the but it's it was over it's over 18 months. And I was looking at you know, when the last oil change was, and there's not the mileage on it, mm. but clearly this oil. And that was my was the telltale sign is I'd, I'd start it. And just for a second, there was a little knock, you mm. know, like click, click, and then it was gone. Change the oil. It's gone. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this oil is just old. It had lost viscosity or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It just gets, just gets full of carbon. Yeah. And it, it loses a lot of its oiliness, which is a, yeah. not, not the best word, but it's a, a real description and it does lose the viscosity. And, you know, I've sent you the aftermath of oh, engines man. where they've been run like this for the, longer periods of time yeah. and it's it's not a pretty sight no so I, so that that got all sorted and it was uh you know painless as always an oil change doesn't hurt always good 
to get an oil change. As long as it's the right oil. That's it. Make yeah. sure it's the right oil. Make sure they're doing the right job, but get your oil changed. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you when I saw the notes and you put something in there about engine smoke. Oh, man. And, I've seen um, a lot of engine smoke in the last week and a half. That's why I put, put that in. Yeah, because I thought to myself, James must have been behind something that was like trying to kill him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like some sort of James Bond Q gadget. <laughs> I, I've been behind two cars this week. One of them was a uh, FJ Cruiser. Now, right. early model. It wasn't a newer one. And I only say that because it just looked a little bit like it had been driven hard. And I'm thinking it was an autom- a, a standard transmission, but it, maybe not. And there was some, every time it would do sort of a, an accelerate or gear back, there was quite a bit of white smoke coming mm. out of the tailpipe. And I was kind of going, oh, that ain't nice. That, yeah, that is, that's not, that's not good. Yeah, there's, um, so with, with smoke, there's always the, the, the color test. Right. Then there's sometimes the odor. And then if you're absolute lunatic, like the guy that taught me when I was a kid, there's the taste <laughs> test. Oh, come on. Yeah. So <laughs> smoke now. So usually people would assess the color of the smoke and they would say a bluish tinge would be engine oil. Yeah. It's burning engine oil. Uh, if it's very black and sooty, then it's overfueling. If it's very w- white and almost like steam from a cooling tower of a power plant, then it's coolant. Not so much these days. You, on a diesel, you'll get black smoke. If there's too much fuel, that's not being burned properly, mm. combusted properly. On a petrol, because of the way the catalytic converter filters out a lot of the stuff, and the way engines run now, that they're not that polluting in terms of soot, carbon, the smoke on an overfueled engine will come out white as well. Ah, okay. So you don't tend to get that on a petrol engine of a more modern car of the last 15, 20 years. So if an injector sticks open, you'll get white smoke. Now, the FJ Cruiser, no point are we going to say that it's the most modern, fantastic engine in there. It's a well-proven and very reliable one, but it isn't the most modern. But it does have a catalytic converter. It does have fuel injection. And it's electronically controlled by an engine computer. So it could be that there was a, a fueling issue mm, Okay. Um, in terms of over-fueling. But you would like to think that it isn't coolant because at that point, to start burning coolant, it's internal engine. <laughs> and it doesn't take long to get to the point where you haven't got any left and you're overheating. Mm-hmm. So I would think that there's more option, more likely or dare of it being fuel than, than coolant. But if it's coolant, they'll know about it very, very soon. The driver will be in pain, paying an invoice somewhere. <laughs> I, I sometimes wonder if people aren't paying enough attention to the coolant issues, you know, checking their oil periodically because if it's coolant, you're probably getting some in the oil. You're right. going to notice it. And obviously, if you're getting a little smoke, like who doesn't look out of their rearview mirror? You're going to see it every now and then. It's like, whoa, what's going on? You just asked a question. Who doesn't check their mirrors? <laughs> Was that rhetorical? <laughs> you know where we are, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, we still got people insane. My lights have got a loose connection because there's an orange one flashing on the side. So, look, we, we when it comes to oil and water mixing, We've talked about oil coolers before. We've seen yeah. 
I've sent you videos of oh. oil and water mixing. You haven't sent me any of those in a while. I was thinking people are getting more vigilant with their oil. I just oil. thought you'd be bored. It's, <laughs> it's just tiresome. And it's just fed up of fixing them, to be honest. But you've got oil and water mix can mix oil to water or water to oil. Mm, invariably, it only goes one way. It doesn't often do both ways, but if it's transmission, it can do both ways. Now, when oil's going into the water, that's normally not from the engine. Very difficult for oil to go from the engine internally to the oil, to the water in the engine to the coolant. We're talking about coolant. Um, when it's water into the oil, that's more likely to be internal fault in the engine. Ah, uh-huh, okay. So if you imagine an engine, you've got the cylinder block and you've got the cylinder head, right? Or heads if you've got a V. Now when you fill it with coolant you literally fill it with coolant the only place there's a gap is the expansion tank but oil f- drains into the bottom of the engine into the sump so if you look at the engine as a as just an a4 sheet of paper the whole a4 sheet of paper has contact with coolant but the oil rests in the bottom so when you turn the engine off it's just resting in the bottom mm. the engine runs it turns the pump turns and pulls the oil around the engine, but the oil cycles and then drops the coolant cycles, but stays where it is. So when the engine's turned off, there's still pressure in the coolant system because the coolant is a lot. Well, it, 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 it's it's everywhere and it's still under pressure because it's hot. It's hot. Yeah, the oil's hot, but it isn't under pressure and it drops to the bottom. The head gasket and the internal, which is the weaker point of the construction of the engine is where the mixture would usually happen unless there's a crack in the in the water jacket, which is terminal for the engine at that That's point. Your, your engine's done. Yeah. So the water can just seep under pressure into the zero pressure, you know, or mm. atmospheric pressure of the, of the mm. oil gallery, and it goes into the oil that way. So you'll see people, they'll sort of open their oil cap and say, oh, <laughs> looks like milkshake, or they'll yeah, pull their yeah. dipstick out in the older engines. Again, you have to be careful, especially in the case of an oil cap, because the way engines are and the way sometimes the oil f- filler caps are designed, there's a big space there for condensation to form. Mm. And over time, you will get condensation. Condensation will condense and it will mix with the oil vapors and it will go milky and it's not necessarily a sign of uh-huh. head gasket. So if you get a, if you go to a garage for an oil change and, some mechanic comes out smoking a cigarette or <laughs> chewing on some grass and he's got an oily rag over his shoulder and he opens your cap and yeah. Yeah. sort of <sighs> gives it that one. He's probably trying one. He's trying to pull yeah. a fast one. Yeah. yeah. But so beware. Just just be careful. The, the, the best way to tell whether you have issues with your oil and coolant is to understand what they're like when there isn't a problem. Mm. You don't necessarily need to know why. You don't necessarily need to know how. What you need to know is, okay, my car's just been serviced and the garage are telling me that this car is okay to go or they've told me there's stuff to do and I've done it, but now it's okay. Just ask them for 10 minutes of the time. Can you show me where to put the coolant, what it should look like, how it should go in, where do I fill it to, etc. Same with the oil. Same with every fluid under there. Yeah. And then if you know, well, that's how it should look and then a week later you check and it isn't like that, oh, there's a problem. Right. You don't need to know what the problem is. You don't need to know why or how or when or what. Just that that's not right. I'm going to go back. Because sometimes people 
are a little bit hesitant to check because they think that they need to understand more than they actually do. It's literally looking at something and comparing it to what it should be like. Yeah. If it's not the same, why take the risk? Yeah. And it might be that somebody says, you just need to pour 100 mils of water in there and you're fine. Great. But it might be, oh, you've got a big problem there and let's fix <laughs> it before it becomes catastrophic to yeah. the engine. Because yeah. we're not, you know, we started talking about smoke at the beginning. If you don't check your emergency smoke coming out the exhaust, that's going to cause bigger problems. If if it's black smoke and it is um, because it's burning oil, then you've got a massive problem. Take the example of an engine that's overfueling or the example where it's not necessarily overfueling, but it's not getting enough air. So a lot of engines now are turbocharged. And if the turbo boost hoses that are under quite considerable pressure relative to atmosphere, if one of those splits, which they do, or pops out of its locked connector, the air that has been measured going into the engine doesn't actually make it. Mm. So the fuel is fueled, expecting a certain quantity and volume of air, which it doesn't actually get. So you're effectively overfueling the engine and you'll get smoke uh, out of the exhaust okay. differently. Now, more modern engines the oxygen sensors in the exhaust and everything else will start to m- measure and cut back on this and you'll potentially get an engine warning light, particularly on a German or European car. Mm. But not straight away and not always. You know, there are the signs on that example of, of noise and everything else. But if you keep going like that, and especially on a car that's not as specifically or well monitored, shall we say, or sophisticated, you're going to cause massive problems. You're going to have excess carbon build up in the engine, which gets diluted down into the oil, makes the oil less effective as a lubricant. We get that deposited as as like volcanic glass, like we've yeah, yeah. we've talked about before. And then all that has stemmed from not actually paying attention to what was it like and what is it like, and is there a, is there a variance? And if so, should I just make a phone call to the garage? Or just take it in, yeah. and and you know for a five minute phone call sometimes it Why saves not? the it saves the problem of having to strip the engine down and clean it. I think we're just too hands off. I think we're because you can't. There's so many things you can't do now to an engine. In yeah. some cases, just having a dipstick, they don't exist. No, we've gotten so hands off, we don't even think about these things. Yeah, well, you know, if you open the bonnet of a car now that's got an internal combustion engine, providing it's not a mid or rear engine. It's, if you get into the where the engine is, everything's covered with a plastic cover. Yeah, yeah. And those plastic covers are held on by little rubber bobbins on plastic pins, which always break. And people, you know, and they're ridiculously tight. They're unnecessarily tight. <laughs> you can't change a bulb. The bulbs are all stupid high voltage that are going to kill, kill you or seriously injure you if you do something wrong. So every single basic understanding of a vehicle is, is, is irrelevant now because most people can't actually see. They can't see yeah. where the alternator is. They can't see where the drive belt is. They can't see where the oil filler cap is. You know, these things seem more daunting, but nobody, yeah. there's certainly nobody at our garage and there's nobody I can think of that's worth talking about that would say, I've not got 10 minutes to explain to you how to look after your car or to understand that there's a problem. You know, it makes complete sense. And if people did that, they'd probably find that they'd catch small problems before they become yeah. big problems. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, interesting one when we talk about coolant, 
is we've got the auxiliary tank where, you know, and it's got a max and a min level on it. And I, I was looking at my auxiliary tank and it, you know, it was, it was in the right level. So it was fine. Actually, I topped it up a little bit and, but I'm looking out the back at the overflow mm. and I'm thinking there must be times when engines get really warm and that tank is to the brim yeah. and it's spewing out into the engine bay Right, and I'm looking at where the, where the tab is. I'm going, it's right on the belt. Excellent, yeah. I mean, who designed Because I'm thinking that, that, you know, if I've got Prestone coming out onto my, you know, fan belt and alternator and all that stuff, all these belts, that, that's not good. No, absolute nightmare. <laughs> Worst case scenario. I like to think that somebody did think about that and thought, well, we'll do this so that the, the, the driver will be alerted to the belt noise. Yeah. But I don't think so. <laughs> you don't think so? No. It's a good idea, though. But, you know. Suddenly your car's going to be squealing. Right. I mean, yeah. the other problem with that is, uh, uh, so on, on the system, so there's two, and I don't like that system, but there's two systems on, more common systems, shall we say, on, on, it, on engine cooling. Both of them are pressurized. The one you're talking about is where you have a pressurized cap on the top of the radiator. Right. And then there's an overflow past the pressure valve. So if the pressure valve opens, the water is able to go into the overflow yeah. catch tank. And then because the pre- pressure differential, as it cools down, it sucks it back. Now, when you open that kind of system on the radiator cap, those caps are a few dollars each. They're not yeah. expensive. Yeah, Some of them hold up to one and a half, two bar. Some of them are really, it's really quite, quite powerful on their spring and their valve. But it's a very cheap, mass-produced part <laughs> yeah. that not only can it break very easily, but it can be fitted so wrong. Yeah. And if you leave that fitted wrong or it breaks, there's no pressure able to build up. So mm. the water just constantly goes to its lowest pressure point, which is the expansion tank. Yeah. And you will drain an engine very, very quickly in that condition. You know, water boils at 100 degrees at atmospheric pressure at sea level. Yeah. But a, an engine needs a coolant not to boil, but it gets over 100 degrees. So that's the reason for pressure. It stops, the, it raises the boiling point, and then you add coolant additive, which raises it a little bit more. But at 103, 105 degrees C under pressure, it's okay. Yeah. But if you release that pressure, it will boil. And when it boils, it will boil off, and you will lose a massive, massive quantity of coolant just on a 10 mile journey and that's where you see when people blow something that's yeah. you know the steam that's coming out you can literally lose an engine and a transmission because of how transmissions are called these days because of a small pressure valve in a, in a in a cap now the other system which is the more maybe a bit unfair to say but the more modern system which doesn't have a pressure cap on the radiator there's just pressurized expansion tank mm. pressurized shouldn't really call it reservoir actually it's not an expansion tank which is the highest point of the system where you fill the cooling, you have a level, and that's pressurized as a pressurized cap. Now, when that pressure valve fails, it's the same thing, but the water just escapes. It doesn't go anywhere, and it will it will flicker, oh, open okay. and close, open and close. Now, sometimes uh. they will fail. Customers will say, we have a coolant leak. The coolant, we're having to top it up every couple of weeks. The only way to pressurize the system is to open the cap mm. and pressurize it from the bottle. Now, the cap's now been removed. We've got two bar of pressure yeah. on the system and nothing's leaking. It's yeah. been there for three hours and not leaked. The yeah. pressure's been perfectly well maintained. Put the cap back on. They come back because there's an issue with the cap. So in that instance, we always say, because of the inexpensive nature of the part, we haven't found a leak here, engine hot, engine cold. 
we're going to change the cap. There's that you know it, it it's yeah. not like it's a bad thing to change anyway. And just as a caveat, we've just pressurized your system for an extended period of time, not found a leak. But if there's something that was starting to weaken, it may have been aggravated by what we've done, and you need to keep an eye on the level and yeah. anything dripping out underneath. Coolant's a bad one because it's hot. The engine's hot. The radiator's hot. There's fans blowing. It evaporates very quickly. Yeah. So it is a difficult one to sometimes trace. But if you've got the right concentration of additive, you'll see a residue. That's that's another good reason to have a you know some coolant, not just water. Yeah, yeah. Well, water's a pain. And, <laughs> with oil coolers and stuff, you really need distilled water as well. Yeah, which which they sell lots of at the petrol stations. Yeah. You can buy a big bucket of the stuff for nothing. But catch your AC condensation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know why we're not doing that. Yeah, we do it in the garage and fill the watering cans up every day this yeah. time of year. Like we're probably catching. Well, the the old we just recycled one of the old water bottles from the top loading water tower mm. that fills three times a day it's from a two ac units it's a lot so you know that's a lot of water for free and yeah. also it's 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 good pure water yeah interesting uh interesting things to that to, you know we start looking at and it's made all the papers mercedes-benz mm. doing a recall that uh, is and you know that it's mercedes-benz that that you forget what they're recalling. It's Mercedes Benz. Yeah. You know, the, this, is, this is catastrophic. The wording I liked was that the, I forget the exact wording, but one of the, one of the terms they used in the, the wider press release was that the service brake may become, the, the, the service brake pedal may not work because the pedal may become detached from the system. Yeah. Because of corrosion on the, servo so basically what they're saying is that the the vacuum operated brake assist which all cars have had for decades now yeah there's vacuum drawn by the motion of the engine uh, as the as the the cylinders go down they pull air and create a vacuum and as that vacuum also then is stored and pulls on your foot basically as you press the brake it pulls on the pedal if anyone that's driven an old classic or a vintage car with no brake assist it feels like the brakes are solid yeah well they are but the vacuum (laughs) from the engine is pulling on the pedal at the same time as you pushing it which helps you do it now that's a steel tub basically nothing more than a biscuit tin that's welded around the edge and has a pipe on it to the engine to pull the vacuum and there's a rod that goes through it that you're pushing with the pedal there's a diaphragm and then that rod that pulls the pedal on the other side of the diaphragm pushes the brake master cylinder which then gives you the hydraulic advantage on the brake circuit somewhere along there there's corrosion getting in and one of those pins is breaking now some of them are 2005 they're old some of these vehicles are are not new yeah so they've obviously had issues here I would assume maybe an accident where a car said the driver yeah. said my brakes didn't work. Yeah. And they've investigated it and thought, oh, yeah, this wouldn't mm-hmm. work. And then they've maybe seen it twice. Or they've said, okay, well, let's see how many of these parts we've changed. And then they've checked and they've been like, we've mm-hmm. changed 10,000 of these. Yeah. This might be a problem. Yeah. So fair play. They've done it. Yeah. And manufacturers have to do recalls. and They happen more than we know. Yeah. Most yeah. of them are proactive service. So when the car's under 
we've I've probably talked before. We, when a new model comes out in a dealer, certainly in BW UK, for the first three months, anything we found, excess grease on a door hinge, uh, dirt patches being more concentrated on certain panels of the body. Mm. Noise from wiper arms, wiper blades not clearing properly, having to readjust things too often, oil filter caps leaking, uh, bonnets not opening properly, things feeling a bit stiff on opening, closing, buttons that click more than the the same button on the other side of the console, whatever it may be. Every single thing we had to report, and they would make a decision. And one of the ones we had on the Passat when it came out in 2005 was, there's a diesel cooler underneath the car, which is just just like a, a cooling fins on a on a couple of fuel lines, yeah, yeah. and it was about the size of uh, maybe a, a an A4 sheet of paper cut in half lengthways, and where they were screwed to the body, the vibration from the road, the 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 actual nut would break, so that well not the nut but where the nut was on the stud, the part of the cooler that was on the stud yeah. that the nut was holding would snap. And they'd fall on the floor, get broken, and diesel would go everywhere. Now, <laughs> they weren't recalled. Right. We did a proactive service campaign on every single vehicle that fitted into this certain chassis number range that had that fitted, regardless mm. of whether it was broken or not, we changed it. Right. Wiper motors, we used to put weatherproof caps on because one of the factories that made the cars forgot to put them on. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know? Yeah. And we, the car came in for service. The service advisor would make us a job card and automatically the VW management system would say, recall, recall. Re-. Sometimes we'd have cars with four or five pages on there for service, proactive service campaigns. Yikes. Now on the safety ones, you'd call the customer. Yeah. You'd say, there's a recall on your vehicle. We need you to bring it in. There's a courtesy car available to you. We'll drop it off and bring the car for you. And if it can't be driven in this case, I would guess they've had an accident that they found Obviously, we're we're assuming, but I can't see how they'd have got to this point. And then they've yeah. realized, well, we've changed loads of these. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, you know, interesting. Yeah, and sometimes you get things like a supplier. So Mercedes don't necessarily have a factory making brake servo units. They'll have outsourced that potentially to an engineering company that make right. them. So that engineering company might have come to them and said, "Look, guys, you've ordered." 50,000 of these in the last two years. What's going on? You know, yeah. we can't keep up with the demand or they might have gone to them and said, there's going to be a production delay on this unit. And they say, well, why are we buying so many of those? Yeah. Because not everybody knows everything. Exactly. You know? And then they'll have looked into it potentially. And Start said, putting the pieces together. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it's frightening actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least it, that you know, at least they're doing those recalls, and it gets it gets worse when we start talking about technology and vehicles and computer yeah. programs and all sorts of crazy things that can kick in as well. So it's it's the thing is with software. I was having a conversation with a customer whose Land Rover overheated, and take for example a digital display for a temperature sensor. Mm. Widely accepted as that's the way yeah. now. In fact, some people, some vehicles don't even have a display. There's just a warning when there's a problem. And very, very easily, I could alter the software for the engine control not to monitor the engine temperature. Really? Very Literally a zero to a one or a one to a zero, whichever yeah. way the code is written, and it would not monitor the engine temperature. Mm. So 
if you didn't like your neighbour and you'd been on like some coding course, yeah. I mean, you know, we've seen the video of people hacking the Jeep Grand Cherokee on the road. Yeah. Obviously, all parties involved were part of the cooperative, and they were doing it in in a safe enough way, and they got the car to turn itself to steer itself. Like, it's this is genuinely the next. I, I especially an all electric vehicle which has to be completely engaging, yeah. especially with the way autopilot's going. There, there, there's so much in the cars now to engage you. The screens are huge. The the, yeah, yeah. the 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 quality of the images, the cameras, all the monitoring systems, everything's amazing and nice and slick and quick yeah, and yeah. fast. But that all requires code, and it all requires software, and it all requires constant updates. And on a vehicle that can be updated automatically, as an example of a Tesla, it will tell you there's a problem. It will be connected to the internet and potentially mm-hmm. update itself automatically. Yeah. If someone hacks into that, what do you do yeah. at that point? You know, whether they do it as a joke so that, you know, the fart noise that it has is just constant or whether yeah. they do it as more sinister because they don't want you to get in your car or they want it to drive to their house or, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there's a lot of things to consider, you know, with, with, the way recalls might change. You know, we haven't had an airbag recall for a couple of weeks. That'll, there'll be one of those coming soon. <laughs> you know, but, you know, Toyotas have stopped the cars accelerating themselves now. And, 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 you know, the more the dust settles on that, it did seem to be a little bit of driver error and fitting the carpet mats in wrong and stuff like that. But there are, there are so many people outside of having got an understanding of the motor industry and how, car is made or operated that could affect your car now yeah. interesting one ford f-150 saw an article that's suggesting inside evs is where i pulled this from suggesting that the ford f-150 lightning includes a free tesla charging adapter and i thought oh that's interesting what's ford what's ford getting at here and they think well maybe they're you know they're trying to cozy up to, to elon and, and gang and uh who knows well, I mean, what are they doing there? So you can charge your Tesla from the Ford or you yeah. can charge your yeah, Ford yeah. at a Tesla charger? So you, can, you can charge your, your Tesla from the Ford, you know, the, and the, the Lightning has that whole charging bay in the back. Yeah. So you could charge a Tesla from it. I mean, they're already, they're, already, they're already selling them with that, hey, if you're, you live in a danger zone, you want to own one of these. Yeah, yeah, there were people powering the houses off yeah. them in the U.S. when they had the power cuts recently, yeah. right? So, you know, who knows if this is for real, but it was an interesting little, someone saw one of these. So it's like, hmm, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I think there's there's a big Ford of working with somebody on the at the minute on the new solid state batteries. Yes, and that's that's a big one. You know, the the the, the gang who who crack that. Yeah, that you know, and and I I liken it to the VHS Beta thing where you know everyone knows Beta was better. Sony Betamax was the format, but VHS got licensed. Yeah. And yeah, it got made by one company. They licensed it to everyone and that's what that became adopted as a standard. So I, I think when the consortium figures out the solid solid state batteries, they're gonna Yeah, win. well you've got the I mean their their initial the 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 their initial battery was twice the size of the one they've now yeah. already got to. It was yeah. ten layers, yeah. now it's twenty and it's half the size. Yeah, yeah. And it was two amp hours and now it's twenty amp hours. Yeah. So we've a massive step in Can a couple imagine? of years. Yeah, it's gonna be great. So it's there will obviously be a limit to that. 
you know, we've not not necessarily been back to the moon yet, so I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. So there are always <laughs> limits, but this is one of those things that will yeah. will have to go forward because batteries have to be small, they have to be light to be efficient, and they have to also be durable to fast charge. And it, it would be nice if, while they're figuring this out, for the rest of us who still have you know, liquid batteries in our internal combustion engine cars, that they'd figure that out too. No chance. I know, I know. No chance. I, I know. I, I just don't get it. I don't, everyone's figuring out how to get these electric cars to run. Let's do some little battery technology in the old school cars. Yeah, no chance. 12-volt <laughs> batteries and 12-volt systems, even even an EV has a 12-volt battery on it. Yeah, go figure. It's a 12-volt system and, yeah. and everyone's sort of, that 12-volt that DC battery is something that we'll we'll struggle to to step away from. Yeah. There's, there's going to be no there's no way of stepping away from that for a long long time. Yeah. It's it's sad. It's very well. Sad. It's it's going to be a matter of having a. You'd have to have a generator, so an alternator, yeah, that would be powered by <laughs> the actual battery to then See, replace the battery. F- someone's got to figure out this whole. It's ecosystem. an extra moving part. That's they, the thing. They need this whole ecosystem worked on. Like, come on, people. I, I mean, I, I, I know I've got 11 months. I'm going to need a battery. So, I mean, I've already got it on the calendar. It's like, I, I'm... <laughs> well, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no, a guy called me this morning with his Dodge Charger and he's not fitted a battery. He said, I think the battery's gone. Well, it was only three and a half years ago that I fitted one. I was like, mate, <laughs> you need to, you need to like write to the newspaper. Yeah. That's like a metal. record over here. Yeah. So what kind of well. battery did you have in there? I know. Yeah. Three and a half years. That's what I want to know. What kind of battery yeah. is he using? One of the other problems with, with batteries now, when people's batteries fail, a lot of cars have LED screens right. that will still light up because they only yeah. use five volts, but you need 12 volts to start a starter motor. Yeah. So they're like, well, it can't be the battery because all the powers and the electrics are working. Well, they have five volt systems. Everything's five volt control unit. Yeah. So even the even to the point of everything lighting up, <laughs> central locking will still work, but your car won't stop. It's when my horn was going off. Yeah, that oh, was, that's never good. That was the worst. Yeah, <laughs> that's never good. Four thirty in the morning, <laughs> battery's dead, but the horn's working. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> James's everyone knows it. Someone yesterday, one of these batteries or us guys, I don't know what company it was. I, I didn't want to get too close, but he was on a motorcycle. And the reason it caught my attention is because he had these big saddlebags. So clearly yeah. he could go out and, and he had a, he had a tester and he had a yeah. charger unit there. But so he, he's carrying two batteries with him or one, you know, but, you know, obviously he's getting sent out and he's picking up the battery somewhere. But I thought, man, that's, that cannot be very efficient because no. he's always got to run to a place to get one. Yeah, I, I don't like that. The guys that do it in the vans obviously can keep stock of regular yeah. stocks. But one of the other things with that that some people don't necessarily appreciate is the back of these vans are not temperature controlled. <sighs> oh. Batteries don't like heat and the back of those vans gets hot. Yeah. Especially the vans that are just a box van in the back right. and the exhaust is almost touching the yeah. bo- bottom of the floor. That heat goes straight through the floor. I'm, I'm sure those floors are lined, but they're still getting extra heat yeah. from that. Yeah. Heat from the road, heat no from the sun. That. We don't think about this. And I don't know how long the stock is staying in the van. Yeah, if it, you know, it stays in there overnight. But, but a few days of that is not yeah. going to do the batteries any good whatsoever. You, you're going to be... Guy parks for the weekend in Sharjah in no, the sand pit no, as he's no going good. to his place. No good, that. It's going to be 50 degrees in there, plus. Yeah. yeah. Catboy did a, a thing the other day on Instagram with that. 
if, if no one's following Catboy on Instagram, follow him. Good Simon Smith, good guy. And he did a, a coffee test. So he he basically made a mochaccino, you know, from the packet, you know, put in some cream, left it in his car, in one of those uh, mugs that tells you the temperature. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. And he left it in his car all day. Then came back and got it you know, in the afternoon when he's done his shift. The, the cup is red, so it's it's boiling hot. Coffee's ready, he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it would have got a 50 plus inside his vehicle for sure. It was yeah, sparked easily, in the yeah. sun. Easily. So it was, uh, yeah, coffee. And yeah, I'm thinking, you easily. know, what, the, the, the milk's going to curdle, man. You don't want to be drinking that. <laughs> it's, it's got scoots. That's all right. <laughs> my, my buddy, my buddy is uh, heading, heading to Mexico City this summer. And what have I always complained about? Cars don't have washrooms in it. He's bought a a portable he's got three young boys okay mexico city he said uh yeah my the family lives six miles from the airport that's a one hour drive (laughs) (laughs) six miles from the airport one hour drive and that's on the fast road i could walk that in an hour yeah and he said so i got you got the you got the you got the kids so he's literally bought a portable toilet system that can be used in the car because you never know. Got to respect what he's doing. <laughs> you never know. I mean, yeah, you don't want to be stuck needing the toilet when you aren't moving for an you, hour. You know what's going to happen. You'll, you, I mean, you every now and then you see at the side of the road, someone's pulled over and I just go, I've been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. The ones that, the worst of the ones that do it and just don't even try to hide. I know. It's like open up the two doors. You know, we, we gaff, don't go on. There's a gaff tree there. Just go yeah, behind just that. Go, yeah, what no, are you doing? No. Just, just standing right there. <laughs> Madness. You see the stream. Yeah, madness. <laughs> Come on, people. Get over uh, it, yeah. Magna. Gotta love Magna. And I'm pretty sure that's the Stornich family. I'm pretty sure we're talking the Magna. I didn't take a, I didn't do the, the full research here, but Magna is, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a Canadian company. Anyway, uh, they've come up with the ultimate, I want one. And I'm hoping that you and DJ can install this on the Wrangler. Breakthrough lighting that goes on the backside, back bumper, LED lighting. You can share messages. And when it's not on, you don't even know it's there. I'm thinking it'd be awesome. What messages? <laughs> Any message you program into it. Oh, no. <laughs> this, this is going to end in tears. <laughs> this is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, I mean, what's who, who polices this? I, it's, it's called Lightgate. <laughs> something gate. <laughs> yeah, Magna. I'm pretty sure. I'm just looking this up. Yeah, Magna, that's it. Well, so you just stick this thing to the back bumper of the car, I, and then you see somebody behind you and think, I'm just going to make their day with a nice yeah. bit of profanity, or I'm going to tell them they're too close, back off. It's uh, through laser ablation, is what they're saying, enables the breakthrough, whereby LED lighting elements can be affixed to a thermal plastic surface. And Sounds like something Dr. Evil would say on Austin Powers. No, there's a, whole, there's a whole video that talks about how, you know, running through it. Uh, and they, 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 they drill thousands of 1.5 micron diameter holes in the back bumper for this to work. Who's drilling the what? <laughs> How much these holes this cost <laughs> these holes are separated by more than not much more than uh, 1.5 microns, but the light shining through then blends together to appear continuous. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm happy for people that have got. The inclination to do that. I mean, I'd just be worried about. You, it's you going to be ready ticket. in twenty twenty three. What's the offence there? If you if you <laughs> decide to be profane, I don't know. 
I, I I'm thinking put it'd be great on a police car. It'd just be great to have, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to get out of control. Backup buses. It's going to be crazy. I'd just be, I mean, for example, let's say DJ had that on his car <laughs> that was registered in his name and I was sat in his car with him. I'd just be trying to get him in trouble with it. <laughs> yeah. You can see how it's going to go nine degrees of wrong this, but it's coming. It's coming. No, no, there's too many lights. There's too, too many, there's too much light technology at the minute. And we're supposed to be conserving energy. I, I'm, I'm not so sure what I, I think about these these new LEDs. So you've got the LED headlights, and then around, so now the LEDs are on all the time. So you've got daytime yeah. driving lights, which is fine. But they're white when they're driving, and then they'll turn yellow when they're turning or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if I like that. People showing off. I don't know if I like it. People showing off. You know, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's... I, I'm looking at it, and it brings us back to this whole discussion. You need to have signal lights. You need to have brake lights. You need to have all these things. But does any has anyone come up with the regulation size visibility? And I don't think there is. So on a on a so on a on a modern light unit now, when the when the lights are on, if the side light is on, or when the side light is on, and you signal on that same side, it will turn the side light off to put the signal on. Yeah. Signal's flashing and it's a different color. Who needs the side lights to go off? How bright are these side lights? He's stupid. There's no reason for it. It's a complete show off. It's just yeah. a gimmick yeah. to, oh, look at our pretty lights. Yeah. You know, and it's like if you see any release of a new, like the, the release of the current new Range Rover, which by the way, I do like the look of it. It's, it's weird. really nice. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I like that. I mean, that, that, the full I, fat one, like the proper Range Rover. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like it. I don't mind. I saw it. one on the back of a, you know, a, a tow truck getting delivered somewhere. And I, I mean, I, Fortunately, they were the tow truck was driving really slow, so we were going at the yeah. same speed, and it was just like I'm looking at it, going, "Hmm." Yeah, but when they re- when they launched it, they didn't tell you anything about the four by four. They didn't tell yeah. you anything about yeah. the interior. It's just a picture of the lights when they unlock the car. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? And all these TikTok and Instagram videos of people pressing their unlock button and the lights yeah. doing these fancy things. I don't care. Yeah, I'm not it's interested. Showboating. Yeah, like you said. it's unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. There's certain things that are good with lights. So the directional flashing of an indicator is not a problem for me. But it's still I, unnecessary. But when you have it to gets turn distracting though if they're not lined up. So I, there was a Chengang oh, yeah. yesterday, which I, I I truly didn't know what kind of car it was. I mean, I, I saw it was a Chengang Chinese vehicle, but I wasn't sure if it was a Range Rover. I mean, it looks like mm. a Range Rover, except the lighting's a bit different. But the it looks they're the ones that do the, the X6. It's yeah. literally the same as the X6. And BMW, it had yeah. it had wonderful directional turning that was on the tailgate and then on the side and it was lined up perfectly. And I went, Oh yeah, that really works. I don't mind that. But it know. was, it, again, it was just that thin strand. And all I keep yeah. thinking is if that led strand goes, you're done for. Yeah. It's not like you just go and put a light bulb in and there you go. Yeah. The, the, we used to get the problem on the BMW front halo lights. So they just have right. the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the ring, which looked really cool. And I had the same type lights. I put the same type lights on my golf in the UK. They just look cool. But, they're a fiber optic cable and yeah. they used to break. Yeah. And even that is like, that's a headlight. <laughs> Gotta change the headlight. Gotta change the headlight. What's that all about? <laughs> you know, so I, the, the, I've always not liked LEDs. Like 2008, I, everything had an oh, LED on it. It was bad. And then it's kind of not aged at all well. And I, and I, yeah. I thought we'd gone away from it. I and did now too. we kind of come, come back, back to the LED. I, I think it's just a cheaper way to implement the technology of having them on yeah. and off and flashing this, that, and the other. But no, everyone, I'm not an LED fan either. Everyone pushes how cool their lights are. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like the way Porsche have gone back to the full back 
Yeah. Real light, I like it because it's yeah. just how they're. That's it's, that's the thing that made their cars their cars. That yeah. was the thing that you knew how their cars looked, just like a grill on a Jaguar. You had, you know, you knew the car from the way they looked. But I don't understand the whole LED fetish that's creeping back in quite. Yeah. No, and it, and I think it's just it's it's going to be a problem. I yeah. I just don't like it. And you know, look, I love talking to underbody lighting. It's not like I'm getting any. <laughs> I think that'll be Andrew's next step on the Tahoe. Oh, I'm for sure, for sure, for sure. He's you know he's going to have the 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 fuzzy dice on he's the got mirror. The black wheels and the trims all yeah. blacked out now. Yeah, yeah, like hundred percent tint on the windows. Yeah. I saw Colin today. I saw the Armada it was parked out when I came here. He's got fully those tinted windows on. I wasn't sure it was his, except that the wheels were all full of sand. So uh, that actually could be Colin, but. The windows were so tinted, I didn't dare walk up and rap on it because it might not be him. And I wasn't sure if it was running. I didn't want to get too close because, you know, you're in a parking lot and that's going to look creepy. Turns out it was him. Yeah. <laughs> Just sat there yeah. looking at people that can't see him. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he's making funny faces. Probably. Yeah. Or watching things on his phone. <laughs> Who knows? Sleeping. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, you know what? I, I think we've I think we've uh, we've hit the end of the podcast for yet another day. It's been it's been a lot of fun. I think next week we should talk about deflagration and, and an engine and detonation and what it does to you and why and how fuel burns. Okay, let's I, do that. I think that's uh, that's got some some interesting things that people might not necessarily know. Absolutely. Okay, there we go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about how the fuel burns and and why we get smell that of unburnt fuel or other things. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Glenn Power, PowerWorks Garage. I'm James Pikeaway. This is the PowerWorks podcast. We're going to do it all again real soon. Hey, go check out one of the hundred plus podcasts we've always already done. There's lots there. Loads. Loads there. Always informative, always educational, absolutely entertaining. The PowerWorks Garage podcast. My name's James Pikeaway. As I said, Glenn Power is here. We'll do it all again real soon. So long for now. Thank you.